0: Hey everybody, I'm Ron Johnson, and this is Locked On Sports Minnesota, a locked on podcast network, and it's Friday, so you know what that means, it's time for the roundtable, got the whole cast of people, but we did sub Reggie out today, we bought in Luke Inman, because when the score is up big, take your quarterback out, so we had to take Reggie out a little bit, you take, take one of your receivers out the game, we took Luke out the game, he's sitting on the sideline now with Odell Beckham, so we got Luke Inman in there, we got Sam Ekstrom joining us. Of course, you know, he's a St. Thomas, just everything hockey guy. So he's on the road. And then we got Julia Daniels joining us from CARE 11. No, no, that's not the TikTok star. That's Julia Daniels from CARE 11. And, of course, I'm Ron Johnson, former (laughs) Gophers and NFL wide receiver. Minnesota sports right now, I I do understand the Minnesota Vikings still have a chance to go to the playoff, as well as the Packers are going to play on New Year's. But the Timberwolves are doing well, the Wild are doing well, the Gophers just won their seventh straight bowl game. There's so much sports to talk about. So what are we going to lock in on today? What you got for us, Luke?
1: Yeah, Ron, let's talk about the Vikes Pack, the path to victory this week in a must-win game for both teams.
2: And how about the Red Hot Wild? the hottest team in hockey under their new head coach, but are they a playoff
3: team? And the Wolves have yet to lose consecutive games in a row, beating teams they probably would have lost to last year. We'll talk about it. And
0: uh, when we're talking about quarterback play in Minnesota, I mean, come on now. This is the state of the quarterback. You got Kirk Cousins. You got Ethan Kelly, Man, Max Brock, Chicken Jansky. (sighs) Hey, Joe Flacco, though, he wanted to come to Minnesota, allegedly, but. Should the Minnesota Vikings have looked at Joe Flacco or are we okay with this quarterback carousel that's been going on? We'll talk about that, all that much more coming up next. But I want everybody to know today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks, people. If your team wins, just visit fanduel.com backslash locked on to get started and stick around because we're going to have some locks for you today that you might want to put $5 on, take advantage of that 150 Trust me, we're going to have some stuff that might help you win in this upcoming $150 for the new year. Imagine starting the new year, people, with 150 bucks of somebody else's money. I would do it. But it's time to get started, people. So, Luke, start us off.
1: Yeah, guys, Vikes packed this week, obviously, at the bank. Huge game for both these teams, playoffs on the line. I want to know what you guys think is the path to victory in this one. Because for me, listen, uh, this doesn't always need to be that complex or exotic. We don't always have to get into all the analytics and all that to know the Vikings' number one problem this season by far and away has been Just their inability to hold on to the football. That's it. 31st in the league in turnovers this year. And I think if they were even 25th or 20th in the league instead of almost dead last, they might be a double-digit win team right now. That's how good they played in every other facet of these games. And you don't need to be an expert to know. They outplayed the Detroit Lions last week. They deserved to win that game. But they shot themselves in the foot again and lost the turnover battle. You look at the last four losses. Broncos, Bears, Bengals, Lions. Four losses combined, 12 points. That is absolutely insane. And you look at the 13 turnovers in those games. It's just gut-wrenching for fans to know these are self-inflicted wounds turning wins into losses like they've done all season long. So it's not a question of talent, guys. It's not a question of, of a team not playing together or losing their swag or mojo. It's a team that's good enough to win every single week, no matter the opponent, if they can just hold on to the ball. KOC still 17-0. 17-0 when the Vikings just don't lose the turnover battle. Now it's Jaron Hall's turn to come in, show everyone he can do what Dobbs and Mullins couldn't. Uh, The small sample size was enough for me. I don't think the game's too big for him. It's not your typical 20, 21-year-old rookie. This guy's 25 years old. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He just needs to play within the offense and let the playmaker like J.J. go do the heavy lifting
2: for him? What do you guys think? Sam? Yeah, so it's December, guys. It's not February. (laughs) Valentine's Day is nowhere in sight. What I mean by that is Carrington Valentine is probably going to play a big role in this game. Mm -hmm. Jair Alexander is suspended. Carrington Valentine is a seventh-round rookie uh, and has been pretty good for a seventh-round rookie. But if they are tempted to man him up with Justin Jefferson and try to press him, With Carrington Valentine, Justin Jefferson is going to have a field day. And if it's not him, it's going to be Eric Stokes, who's been injured all year. This is just his third game back from a hamstring injury. I think the Vikings could feast on a banged-up secondary. Um, Usually when teams shut Justin Jefferson down, they have to do it with a lot of help, a lot of doubles. So if they do do that, you got to find ways to exploit them with K.J. Osborne, Brandon Powell. You don't have all your weapons in this game but I still think that secondary is susceptible.
0: Julia. Where's
3: our, where's our confidence in Ty Chandler, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel like all the guys on the team have been gloating on Ty Chandler for two or three weeks now. And I would like to see a little more confidence from his play caller in his ability and his explosiveness. Um, I mean, he's averaging 4.4 yards per carry. Alex Madison's averaging 3.9. Um, I just would like to see them get the run game going, especially when you have your your rookie backup quarterback in. Mm-hmm. I feel like Ty Chandler will be, and could be, potentially, if they would play him a little more, um, a key to success for them. Also, Jaron, I mean, Jaron's got legs on him, too. I saw a tweet the other day, and it was like, look at the legs on this guy. He's built. He can run as well. Um, so I, I think... Number one, like you said, Luke, it's it's keeping the turnovers to a minimum. Um, but also, I'd like to see the run game get going even more so. And I would really like to see Ty, Ty Chandler, um, too. Along with that, uh, yeah, I mean, J.J. has a lot of opportunity to just, like, have a career game against these guys. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how much they have uh, – Jaron doing. I will. I told you guys. I sat down with Christian Darrisaw, and he said the same thing that Justin Jefferson had been saying all week: is that um, they're going to have confidence in in Jaron back there. Uh, but when JJ was talking, it, nobody knew who was going to be the starting quarterback. But I did ask Christian Darrisaw something about Jaron, and I said, "What what makes him stand out as a rookie quarterback?" And he said, like you guys said, when he goes on the field, he looks like he's been out there before. And I think it has something to do with the fact that he's an older rookie in the league. Um, but he said he's just so calm all the time. So, um, I'm excited to see what Jaron can do on Sunday. I mean, we only, he had 101 yards on two possessions and the only start that he got all season in Atlanta before he got that concussion. So, um, I think we have a lot to look forward to with him, but I really, really want to see more Ty Chandler. I want them to, you know, have him running risky plays, things like that. I would like to see that a little bit more.
0: So for me, I'm going to go with just the first quarter. When you think about the Packers game and how they lost to the Lions, when you think about uh, the Packers game, you know, in some of these early games, it's always that first quarter. If you can get out the first quarter unscathed, you can do well. So I think it's both. I think Brian Flores So Jordan Love. I'm going to take a different approach. Jordan Love, when you watch him, so I'm breaking down some Jordan Love film, and I got six plays. I call it show some love or you get no love. And when in the show love segment, I got three solid plays of this guy making. I'm talking about a throw of 27 air yards, a throw of 31 air yards, and another throw of 29 air yards. And this is a dig route, a uh, out route, and a corner route. Three di- or sorry, an over route, uh, out route, and a dig route. So these are timing routes, stepping on that fifth step and letting the ball go as soon as it's time to let it go. Reading the defense perfectly. When you give this guy that opportunity, he's good. When you rush for drop eight, he still kind of figures it out. His biggest issue is when you confuse him with the blitz, and maybe it's unorthodox because you saw the Raiders do it, which I don't think the Raiders meant to do what they did. I think Spillane was just like – because two dudes were standing in the same spot. And I'm like, I just think Spillane was like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be, so I'm just going to follow you. And the ball comes right to him, interception. You look at the two deep ball interceptions he threw. Uh, One was the Chiefs and one was the uh, Bucks. He just threw it up for whoever wanted it also the Giants sorry no Raiders Giants Saints uh that was the one the Chiefs Lions Bucks were the good plays but then the Raiders Giants Saints Raiders like I said I told you what Spillane did the other two just threw it up safety was just standing there like oh I appreciate it Santa and so if you can if Brian Flores can get those safeties to confuse him because he has three so it's not easy to figure out if it's cover two four three man blitz whatever you can make him go after because when he has a special play or a trick play, he stares down the receiver that he's supposed to throw to on the double move and he just lets it fly. And sometimes it works out. Against the Lions, first play of the game, it worked out. It was an underthrown ball. Christian Watson came back to it. It should have been a pick. I don't know what the safety was doing. Uh, I wish he would have played that way against the Vikings, but the safety had no idea what he should do with the ball. He was like looking like, oh, should I pick this off? No, nah, I'm going to just stand here and jump as high as I can at the last minute and miss it. And so Christian Watson makes the play. Other than that, the other two were interceptions, Giants and uh, Saints. Same type of play, deep ball, literally not even nowhere near the receiver, just went straight to the safety. So I think Brian Flores, in order to win this game, Brian, Brian Flores has to find a way to turn Jordan Love over early. And then once he does it once, he's susceptible to multiple. He threw three in a game. He threw two in a game. And then he went on a streak of five straight games of the pick. So he's willing, and the end of that fifth one was actually the Vikings. He, he's willing – to to and, the, and the, by the way that wasn't a bad play that was just josh Mattellas making a heck of a play um but that's what i think it has to happen oh shoot oh there it is sorry um and that's what i think has to happen you have to be able to turn brian Flo- or Brian Flores to turn him over and vice versa for the vikings i think luke said i think Julius said it too it's turnovers on in the first quarter the vikings turnover 4.4 percent in the first quarter that's 32nd in the NFL, 4.4% of their plays in the first quarter are turnovers. They can't do that. They're leading the NFL right there and that they have 30 giveaways as an offense. Don't do that. And you probably win this game. And then you have a chance to go to the playoffs if you beat the Lions with Jaron Hall. So we'll see what that's going to look like. Um, next, of course, I, I have to pay it off. We got the FanDuel locks coming up, people. I'm not going to I'm not going to let you guys off easy. We're going to help you out. We're not going to pay off the tees with these with these FanDuel locks. But Joe Flacco has thrown touchdowns in five games he's thrown four games of 300 yards he did go to sleep but i would have went to sleep too if i was at the jets game um he went to sleep in the fourth quarter because i mean they took him out um which he's also old it's also a night game he's probably like man this is my bedtime and he was nodding off like somebody's grandma after thanksgiving or christmas dinner so when you think about what's going on with joe flacco and then you look at jaron hall you look at josh stobbs you look at nick mullins even what are your thoughts on the quarterback situation, would you have gone after Joe Flacco and then had him as a placeholder for Kirk Cousins, maybe, and then bring him back for the next year. I mean, he looks good right now. He's slinging the ball. He looks way more comfortable. Cause he's playing with house money. Like, I don't care if I suck y'all need me. I don't need you. What do you think, Julia?
3: I mean, let's not act like, uh, we all expected Joe Flacco to come in and do this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, um, as Reggie would say it's a revelation in Cleveland to have, uh, a guy like Joe Flacco come in at 38 and do this. Uh, We don't even know if the rumors are true about the Vikings and the Vikings didn't want him and this, that, and the other. Um, It's just one of those things where where it's all a gamble, you know? I don't think the Browns were like, yeah, Joe Flacco's going to come in and do something we haven't seen since the 90s. I don't think that was their thought process when they brought him in. Yes, did it happen for sure, but 38 – The only thing that this tells me is that, like, man, you could just do anything at any age nowadays, which is inspiring, I think. But when it comes to uh, should the Vikings have done this or that or the other, uh, it's hard to say just because, you know, this. The reason it is such big news is because no one expected this to happen. Um, Would it have been cool to have happened here? Obviously, Um, would he have just this huge artillery of offensive weapons for sure. So it could very likely have happened just because it's happening in Cleveland too. Uh, But yeah, it's hard to speculate on that one, Uh, but it is really cool to see him doing something like that.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, Julia. Always easy to say now in hindsight, now that he's balling out, but let's not forget he's a guy who was sitting at home in free agency for the last 10 months for a reason, right? He didn't look anything special towards the end that final year or two, but sometimes you get the perfect situation for a veteran quarterback to come in and run the show and think about it. He gets the number one defense in the NFL, so he doesn't need to do anything more than just take what the other defense gives him, just not turn the ball over. They're more than happy to win games 17 to 10 every week if they have to. He's got a great running game design with Stefanski drawing up those plays. Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, they're more than enough. David Njoku, and maybe most importantly, a great offensive line to let him stand in the pocket make some good decisions. So It's a fun story. As much as it's it's easy to sit here now and say the Vikes should have pulled the trigger on him when they had a chance, I for one think Between Mullins, Hall, and Dobbs getting him after the trade deadline, that room was already crowded enough. You had a little bit of everything in that room, too, between the gunslinger, uh, a mobile dual threat, and a rookie you're trying to develop. And as much as we harp on all these turnovers, let's not forget, it hasn't always been just the quarterback. Alexander Madison multiple times this year. Uh, Josh Oliver on the opening drive versus Kansas City. Justin Jefferson in Philly through the back of the end zone. The quarterback is definitely at fault this year, but there was still fumbling problems even outside of that. And as much as Flacco maybe could have helped this year, I still don't think... You're going into Dallas or into San Fran or into Philly and beating some of the best teams in the NFC. So getting a good look at Jaron Hall to end the year, I think actually helps them more in the long-term, just having a better grasp of the quarterback room before they head into the offseason and know whether or not they need to go draft a first-round quarterback or if they want to bring back Kirk Cousins and run it back for another year or two. But you wouldn't be able to fairly assess the situation unless you got all these guys, some starting runs, starting some of these football games.
0: Sam?
2: Yeah, and just to add to Julia and Luke's point, too. Five seasons prior to this, Joe Flacco, twenty-six starts, seven and nineteen record. So it's Yeesh. not like the, the evidence suggested he was going to do this. And also, you gotta you gotta back up the decisions you made, right? The Vikings signed their veteran backup. That was Nick Mullins to a two year mm-hmm. deal, not even a one year deal, and they knew he was coming back soon. So they did trade for Dobbs as an emergency backup when Mullins was hurt, but I didn't. Th- I don't think they felt like they needed that splash. They had a rookie in the building and they had a veteran in the building, so they really had what they needed. It was just too full of a room. So I don't know if it was ever realistic to say that there was steam between those two sides. Maybe Flacco thought there was, but I don't know if the Vikings ever seriously considered that.
0: Yeah, and it's funny hindsight, and I, I love how Julia said that hindsight is twenty twenty because if you were to actually look at it as stats. He was with the Jets for 2020 to 2022. He was not good. He threw for 865 or 864 yards, six touchdowns, three interceptions. The next year, one game, 338 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. So there's the magic. You're like, okay, let's bring them back. The next year, a thousand yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions in 2022, which is the reason. The main reason why they said we can't keep doing this. We have Zach Wilson, but then we got to play Flacco. We have this guy that we got to play Flacco. It's like we have Flacco and then we got to play somebody else. Let's go get Aaron Rodgers. Now, I do understand the people saying, man, I wish they would have just bought him back because the team that Aaron Rodgers put together with the Jets probably is a little bit better overall when you add all these other little weapons that Aaron Rodgers likes. You add all these little pieces. Uh, The defense got better and better and better every year. I get what they're saying, but Joe Flacco, again, with this is the thing. I don't know if any other coordinator could have got out of Flacco what Kevin Stefanski is getting out of him. Kevin Stefanski with Kirk Cousins had one of the best seasons or you know, statistically what Kirk Cousins was doing as far as getting out the pocket, moving, looking mobile. Kevin Stefanski and his ability to call plays is, is ridiculously mind-numbing with all the, the the shifts and motions. People love to talk about uh, what's his name uh, for the 49ers, uh, Shanahan. But they don't talk about Stef- – Stefanski does similar things to get guys wide open. Also, some of the throws – I don't know if you guys saw some of the Mari Cooper highlights and Joe Flacco highlights on Twitter. Some of those balls should have been intercepted. Like, let's be real. Some of those were like – there's angels in the in uh, in the in the end zone <laughs> for, for the Browns. Maybe that would be – angels in the infield – or angels in the end zone. Like, angel, we had angels in the outfield for baseball. Now we got angels in the end zone because some of those passes – like literally are heading towards a defender and then they just go right through his hands and right to amari cooper and you're like and then everybody misses the tackle all of a sudden like everybody just falls like bowling pins and amari cooper goes running down the sideline it's like how There there's three guys standing there how did none of y'all think to tackle him everybody's like okay we got this we got this okay nobody picked it off wait who's gonna tackle him you should tackle him like So it it feels a little weird to me. Like maybe Joe Flacco has an angel on his shoulder and maybe this will be a story we'll hear about later. Uh, But this is why the NFL is fun because you have these stories pop up all the time. As far as steam for the Vikings, again, I don't know if he fits what the Vikings need to do Like with everything. And also how much money he was asking for too that's the other question how much money was he asking to play as a free agent we know cam newton was like i'm not playing for five million dollars i could sit here and and do what i want to do i five million ain't enough for me so who knows like i I mean i haven't even looked at what joe flacco got paid but who knows what he actually was asking for with the vikings when you think about uh his ability to kind of call his own shot and go to the team he wants to as a free agent uh but people are like oh yeah yeah No, I don't. I don't truly believe like if I'm just to to say Joe Flacco wanted to play for the Vikings is like saying that everybody at home wants to play for the Vikings. Everybody not playing football wants to play for somebody with hurt quarterbacks. That's just that's not that's not steam. That's just reality of life. Now, if Kevin O'Connell were to come out and say, like, yeah, we didn't want Joe. There's no there's no actual thought process in that to say they don't want Joe Flacco. But trust me, I will. Ask one of the scouts because I'm probably going to see him on Sunday night. And I for sure will get that side of it. Uh, but again, it's time to pay you guys off the money line bet time. FanDuel, supporter, sponsor of the show. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. So we gotta help you out. If you're a newcomer to FanDuel, and if you're like on the if you're on the edge and you're like teetering and like, I don't want to do it, let me drive to Iowa. Just go drive to Iowa, people. It's New Year's weekend. Drive to Iowa, go to Diamond Joe's or right across the border. As soon as you see that sign that says, thank you for coming to Minnesota, you stop right there. Just pull over. I guarantee it'll work from there. You can make your little bet, and uh, we're going to give you some takes. So I'm going to start off with you, Sam. What's your fan FanDuel lock?
2: All right. I'm going to give you guys something that is so far off the beaten path. Um, it can only work. This is definitely going to work. So. If um, <laughs> you, you, you scroll in the depths of FanDuel, you find the opening kickoff prop. Fair catch or touchback or no fair catch or touchback? <laughs> no fair catch or touchback pays plus 250 on this game. You know, in today's NFL, you see a lot of touchbacks, right? It's the, the play that doesn't mean anything. But I have steam on this. The first time these teams played, Greg Joseph and Matt Daniels dared the Packers to return the kick. They kicked it short of the end zone, and it worked. Packers got stuck at the 19-yard line, so they could try that again. They also did that in the Raiders game, kicked it short of the end zone, begged them to, to bring it out. In the last three games, the Packers have either returned the kick or kicked it short of the goal line themselves, if they're the ones kicking off. So I think at plus 250, you can make plus money on something that you don't see very often, which is a kick return in the NFL. What do you think?
0: Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. Julia, what you got?
3: I love the chaos. I love it. <laughs> um I'm going with to score first and lose. And I'm going with the Packers on this one. Mm. Plus 340. I can just see the air getting sucked out of US Bank Stadium. On this everything's going to be so hype pregame, right? Primetime New Year's Eve. It's going to be crazy, and then I can just see, like, the vibes, like, when the Packers score right off the bat, and then things will pick up again. I feel like that's happened every single time that I've been there for a game this year. It's just, like, everyone's so excited because, obviously, they do such a good job with, you know, the the pregame and every – it's such a great stadium, and then it's like, oh. And then, and then things pick up again. So I'm going to go with the uh, Packers score first, but end up losing
1: the game. Heading into last week, Bryce Young averaging 180 yards passing per game. He hadn't thrown for 200 yards in seven straight games. Think about that. In today's pass, happy NFL throwing for under 200 yards in seven straight weeks, almost impossible. I mean, we've seen backups throw for 300 all season long. Then Bryce Young gets the Packers defense. Throws for his first 300-yard game of his career. 14 games it took. That's how bad this Packers defense is right now. And by the way, that was with the top five corner, Jair Alexander. He won't be playing. Talent-wise, they'll be even worse off with Valentine, who Sam mentioned earlier. So if you can't stop the Panthers, you can't stop anybody. Joe Barry, he's going to be fired the minute the season ends. His walking papers are already signed, sealed, and delivered. He's checked out. I expect points on both sides of the ball. Even with the new quarterback, no TJ Hawkinson. Jaron Hall moved the ball well, I thought, in that small sample size we got. This Flores defense has been deflating all of a sudden these last two weeks. 57 points, almost 800 yards versus the Bengals and Lions. Plus, Jordan Love's been actually really solid versus the Blitz the last seven weeks. So, two teams fight for a playoff spot. I think both teams ready to throw the kitchen sink at one another. That means aggressive calls. Fourth down tries, high volatile play calling and execution on both sides. Love the over 43.5 this week in the Dome. Forget about the cold weather. Snow, rain, sleet, who cares? Playing at the bank. Vikes have played in back-to-back games where the over is hit in that Bengal line games. Check this out. Packers, on the other hand, have played in five straight games where the over has hit. Both defenses are lost right now. Smash that 43.5 and bring in the new year on a, on a high note with an easy victory. Trust me, what can go wrong?
0: So I'm going to just go off this rookie. Jaren, or not? Yeah, he is a rookie, Jaren Hall. Um, here's two. Vikings win by one of 13 points. That pays out plus 140. Uh, I think the Vikings do win this one between one and 13 points. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Last time they played the Packers, they beat them by 14. I don't think that happens this time. Jor- Jaren, uh, Jor- Jaren, Jordan Love and Jaron Hall. So Jordan Love has been playing better. But then also first drive parlay add another 240 to that, so plus 380, Vikings and Packers both punt on their first drive, but the Vikings win by 1 to 13 points, I think that's going to do it, I think Jordan Love to start out the game is going to be kind of like iffy, it's New Year's, it's going to be loud, Wisconsin fan, I don't know if you guys saw that, the top 13 drunkest states in the country, like 9 of them were nine or ten of them were Wisconsin, and I think the other three were North Dakota slash Minnesota. Like I don't know why you put us in that with Fargo. Like we're not. I, I guess they're saying Fargo. Is there Fargo, Minnesota?
2: Um, more well Fargo, well, Moorhead. Moorhead is is kind of leaking over across the border.
0: And that's but- okay. So I was wondering because they put like Fargo, North Dakota slash Minnesota, and I'm like. Why Why y'all going? I, I was like the 50 cent meme. Like I don't know if you saw that. Like we talked about Floyd Mayweather. He's like woke up like, w- what did he say F me for? What I do? What I, <laughs> I got to do with this? Like, that's my favorite one. Because 50 cent really was shocked. He like woke up like, what? what do you say what do you say forgive me for what do. I do? <laughs> why am i in this and that's what i'm like i looked at that like it's, it should have been always because basically all wisconsin technically and then it's all north dakota but for all the north dakotas they put slash minnesotans so i'm guessing they're saying we're close enough to some of these locations like fargo and whatever but yeah all like 10 of them were wisconsin and so you give them a reason to get drunk they don't have to go to work, and it's New Year's, and they can possibly still go to the playoffs, and it's Vikings, Packers, and it's Mall of America. Like, okay, you really just want to see chaos happen in downtown when that ball drops because you're letting these people drink for three and a half hours, and then you're going to send them out into our streets of Minnesota. Thank you, NFL. You should have flexed this game to noon, by the way. I would have loved you for that. I would have appreciated that, Mr. Goodell. Uh, next time I see you, we see. I see you every year. We get to take a picture. We talk. You know, we, we converse. You ask me how my health is doing. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, like, I'm, I'm not happy with this. I'm not happy that I have to do the fan line with a <laughs> bunch of drunk idiots uh, late at night. Like, an hour and a half to two hours of drunk New Year's fans, either one, pissed off that the Vikings won because they want destruction, or pissed off that the Vikings lost. I don't think – I think there's going to be, like, two happy people. Uh, everybody just wants to see mutual destruction, Um but if jaren hall goes out there and kills it those are 350 yards i think that's the only way we get happy new year's people of like it's the jaren hall show forget kirk cousins let's move on to jaren hall it's the the and mormon i think i saw one of you guys tweet that oh uh, or no was luke <laughs> that was luke brown so <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right the storming mormon so yeah. yeah like i'm not i'm not happy about it but
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know what let's talk about some good sports right now the timberwolves are 23 and 7. they have more they have less losses than the minnesota vikings but also the celtics have less losses than the uh, patriots and uh there was one more uh the bucks have the same amount of losses as the packers so whoever tried to make the vikings football and correlate to timberwolves there's three other teams out there like that uh the pistons also have enough losses for everybody in the nfl right now um they suck they were up 19 at the half to the celtics uh the spread was negative 17 people so people thought like oh Mm. the pistons might actually blow this and not cover no don't worry It's the Pistons. They lost in overtime. They covered. So if you did bet on the Pistons to cover, they did. Negative 17. And they're still in there. Uh, unless they would have gotten blown out by the Celtics. But they at least held on and covered. So if you put, put the Pistons to cover, you're good. But now it's time for a word from our sponsors.
1: Thanks Ron, quick reminder. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, new customers you're getting $150 in bonus bets when you win any $5 money line wager. That's $150 in bonus bets when you throw down and win just $5 on any money line wager. Personally, I think the 49ers are a lock this week versus the Cardinals. Throw down 5 bucks on them to win and get $150. And bonus bets back. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on all the action. The app, it's so easy to use. And they got everything you need. Seriously, money lines, parlays, prop bets, you name it. They got it. FanDuel's got everything you need to bet on the entire NFL season. And it's by far the easiest and simplest betting app to use. Go check it out for yourself. Visit FanDuel.com slash on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on today, America's number one sports book. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
0: And now it's time for us to talk about the Timberwolves. Julia, take it away.
3: Well, I was just scrolling Twitter to try and find like somebody wore a shirt to the Pistons game last night that said, like, I traveled from someplace just to see the Pistons lose 28. <laughs> <laughs> row. But all the Twitter timeline is um, the Pistons might solve the NBA viewership problem because people just want to see this streak continue, uh, which I think is so funny. But-
2: I watched. I don't watch any games besides the Wolves, except I did tune in at the end last night because I was so intrigued. Yep. It was great. I'm 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 locked into this losing streak.
3: <laughs> I kept walking in and out of the sports office, and every time I came back, it was something else was happening in that game. like, now we're in overtime? What's happening right now? Anyways, let's talk about the best team in the NBA. Uh, The Wolves beat the Mavs last night. Something we've been talking about since the season started. Uh, Luca was out. They should have won that game. They did win the game. However, not uh, their cleanest win. 22 turnovers in the entire game. 15 of those in the first half. Um, Cat only had 10. What did I he? 3 for 12 shooting. uh, So not his best performance, but... Anthony Edwards just drowned all of their problems out because he had 44 points, uh, six threes, and Rudy had a double double last night. So, solid stuff for the Timberwolves, but uh, their defense is just—it's got to—it's got to be better than what it was uh, last night and on Monday or Tuesday when they play the Thunder. Because that was a tragic loss. But they they still yet to lose consecutive games in a row. Um, Granted, every single time I think that they've played a game after a loss, the team that they're playing is missing one of their big stars. So that's also an interesting take, too. Um, But, yeah, Wolves-Mavs, they won the game that they should have won, which is something that they might not have done last year. Uh, But Anthony Edwards, I think – what we've been talking about is is the honesty from the coaching staff towards guys like Anthony Edwards, Cat, and Rudy. They're being extra honest with these guys. And and Ant said it in his post game yesterday that, um, Finchie talked to him after the Thunder game and said, "Uh, you've got to do this, that, and this." And he took it personal and he put up forty four. So, yeah, a game they should have won and a game that they did win.
0: Sam, the Timberwolves, twenty three and seven. Like I see, I'm seeing all these tweets now about they've been this since you know this never happened since November. This never happened since December. This never happened since we're going to come up on this January one. I'm pretty sure. Uh, what What are your thoughts on Timberwolves?
2: Yeah, well, I love Chris Finch's expectations right now because he's not settling for just beating a team that didn't have its two biggest stars. He called out the offense last night. Offense is 17th in the league. It's worse than most other playoff teams. He said they were uh, selfish, they were immature, that they, guys were throwing a pity party for themselves because they weren't getting shots. Um, ball movement wasn't great. And I love that he's setting the bar high even in victory. I sense there's a little bit of a lull right now. Wolves are on such a roll. They're in this gauntlet, 16 games in a row against 500 teams or playoff teams. They're 6-3 and three in that gauntlet. And I think the toughest stretch has still become January starts with road games against the Knicks, Rockets, Mavs, Magic, Celtics. If they can go four and three in the next seven, that's a great stretch to keep your head above water. Denver's coming in like a freight train. They've now matched the Wolves with 23 wins. They've got 10 losses, three more than the Wolves. But to hang on to the West lead, you got to tighten things up. And that starts offensively, better ball movement, better efficiency. And that means Cat Ant. You can't always get your shot. Got to move the ball within the flow of the offense. And I like that Chris Finch is calling it out.
0: Hello.
1: Yeah, we uh, we hopped on the Locked on Wolves postcast last night after the game. And I'd say roughly 80% of the comments section wanted to talk about how this was a game that the Wolves lose last year. Tough to argue with, right? Last year, they found a way to lose games. They had no business losing 5-10 and 10 record versus the bottom five teams in the league. Uh, Julia touched on offensive efficiency through the roof. You go into halftime, though, only up 5 The turnovers were brutal, Uh, slightly concerning, didn't love that. You just let Dallas, a team down, their two best players, and coming off a back-to-back, no less, a tough loss versus Cleveland. Uh, You let them hang around. You give them too much energy, slightly concerning. We've seen that a lot this year. But second half, they cut down on the turnovers, stiffen up on defense, They keep shooting with a high efficiency. And Ant Edwards, man, I mean, 44 points, puts the team on his back. He's averaging 30 points per game in his last seven games now. The big catalyst is he's finding ways to get to the line more. And that was one of the tiny blemishes to his game. He's kind of started to clean up. And you're watching a a great player turn into a potential superstar now these last two weeks. So they're winning games they're supposed to now this year, 13-1 and at home this year. And maybe most impressively, they've done such a great job bouncing back after tough outings. You think about how brutal that game looked Tuesday night versus OKC. And again, Julia mentioned this, especially on defense. Fifth longest streak without losing two in a row in the NBA. That streaks up to 30 games now after last night. Again, shaking off a really tough loss versus OKC. So this is what good teams do, guys. They beat the teams you're supposed to. They protect their home court. And you don't let one loss turn into three, four, five, six. And uh, Sam mentioned that gauntlet of a schedule coming up. Super brutal schedule. I think you're happy if you can go 500 these next seven, eight games. That's how tough it is. But I guarantee you each one of those teams is also thinking, oh, man, we got the Wolves tonight. That's a tough matchup, too, on paper because they've solidified, I think, just how dominant they've been all year. And it's it's just been a lot of fun to watch, hasn't it?
0: Yeah. And I'm not taking anything away from the Timberwolves. I know they didn't face Kyrie. They didn't face Luka Doncic. Um, but they still handled their business. Anthony Edwards, 44 points. I don't know if you saw his turnaround kind of like people are like, Oh, did he travel? That foot mo- yeah, the foot kind of shoulder, The foot kind of moved a little bit. It did it. Like, eh, if you if you if you could slow it down and you were able to go into the hood and they were to challenge that, you might say he moved that foot. But the fact that he is coming up with new ways to score, new ways to create separation. You see the elevation. Um, uh, not gonna lie, I ordered a pair of AE1s. Like, I I hopefully they'll be here maybe before New Year's, but I ordered a pair of AE1s um i'm looking forward to when the 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 minnesota editions launch the blue the, that blue black i did do the peach ones just to do it to see how they feel uh i'm gonna see how i play like if i wear them in a gym and all of a sudden i hit 40 i'm for sure letting y'all know like because it's got, like what they used to say about michael Jordan it's the shoes like it's gotta be the shoes like the dude is just i mean come on now and so Anthony Edwards is a star, 44 points. Carl Anthony Towns on, on a shorter night uh, didn't do as much. Rudy Gobert gives you 20. Like this team is just finding ways to win. And I think that's the key. Like it doesn't have to always be Cat. It doesn't always have to be Rudy. It, doesn't, it hadn't always been Anthony Edwards because he was hurt um it, also the gritty toughness of Anthony Edwards like he had the bad hip people were like oh we're, we're cursed we're diseased this this team is now going to fall apart they didn't fall apart they kept winning and then Anthony Edwards just played his role came in when he could got rest came in when he could and now look at him he's back he's back and he's healthy he's gonna you know he's gonna be a for sure all-star this year uh one of my, my guess is one of the guys people want to see when you talk about the dunks and everything else um this team is special and you know i don't know how long it's going to take minnesota fans to get on board with it and really just maybe when the viking season officially ends uh people will finally just say you know what i'm gonna spend some money and go to the timberwolves games uh but minnesota sports man like i said I, i i joked around that they sacrificed um they sacrificed the wild so that they can get a good timberwolves team but I feel kind of bad now because now the wild after their sacrifice. So if you guys are Jim Carrey fans and you've seen uh, when when he had to fight Tommy Davidson uh, in in that animal, which one was that one? Who, which Jim Carrey movie was that? I mean, Davidson. Oh, he, Pet Detective. Oh, I start Ace off with Pet Detective. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ace Ventura yeah. when he when he was in Africa then they were like, you got to fight him, and then all of a sudden it was Tommy Davidson came out of like a little backpack, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, I got to fight him, and then of course he threw the spear, hit him in the leg, and blah blah, you know. But, but that's what it kind of feels like. It feels like the 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 the, the wild did that with Dean Evison. Like they sacrificed him. Like all right, let's put this dude on a on a on a sacrifice on a sacrificial like Jim Carrey movie. We're going to kill him off. Uh, we're going to see him still alive though, because you know all Jim Carrey movies are hilarious when people die. Uh, but we're going to kill him off in a Jim Carrey fashion. We're going to let the world see it humiliation, and then we're going to come back and we're going to get some random coach. He's been a player though. He's been a player. <clears throat> And we're gonna just start winning again. So we gotta we gotta start off bad just to let the Timberwolves get going, and then we'll pick it back up secretly when people aren't paying attention. Because I feel like people stop paying attention for a little bit. People stop talking about uh, Karl uh, Kaprizov, and you know now you got Brock Faber, and everybody's talking about this young rookie now, and that he could be one of the best, and blah blah. Sam, tell us about the Wild, man. I know you're a big time hockey guy
2: yeah so yeah, yeah you're right the wolves uh sorry the wild they sacrificed their coach they've got unrest in the front office and this new coach all he does is win they're 11-3 and with john hines but are they a playoff team because guys 11 and 3 and they're still not in the playoff picture have they emptied the clip can they sustain this because the floor of the western conference is higher this year i mean the central is loaded it's unlikely they're going to be a top three seed in central in fact they're fifth right now Um, You know, some of the putrid teams in the West, the Blackhawks are a little bit better. They've got Connor Bedard. The Ducks are a little bit better. Uh, The Sharks maybe aren't as putrid, although they've been playing really badly lately. It's going to be hard for the Wild to keep this up. However, they do have history in their favor. The last two times they've made a midseason coaching change, they've made the playoffs. Um, And I think that that can continue this year if they keep playing the way they are defensively, Faber has been so good. Matt Boldy's come alive. Caprizov has come alive. Everything is coming together right now for the Wild, but it's going to be an uphill battle because they played this well, still aren't in the playoff picture. Uh, you got to sustain this now for another couple months because they got off to such a rocky start. I personally, I think they squeak in as a wildcard team.
0: Mm. Julia?
3: Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Just such a hole to dig out of, right? I mean, it took them so long to get above 500. um, But they're playing this well, and they're not full strength yet. Uh, So that's also something that we have to take into account, too. Jared Spurgeon could be back tomorrow. I think we'll find out today if he's back. I know he uh, participated in the full session yesterday, and Tyne said that that would be a decision that would be made today. But yeah, it's, it's something to say that Brock has stepped up to in Jared Spurgeon's absence. Um, I think he's averaging more minutes than he ever has before. Um, but I think this wild team, it's just, there's potential for it, but they're I mean, the division is just so stacked, you know, and they're, they're still the in, in the central. I think they're second from the bottom mm-hmm. still, even with this this rip that they've been on, um, but we'll see what they do and and how long they can they can keep doing this when when they get all their guys back for sure. Uh, but it's still just one of those things we're gonna have to wait and see, and we'll also have to wait and see uh, if other teams can continue uh, with with what they've done so far this season. But I think we still got time to figure out whether they're a, a playoff team or not. But it is gonna be a serious uphill battle, and they're gonna have to like keep some consistency with what they've done so far
0: yeah this just might be an experimental season like just keep throwing stuff at the wall like spaghetti seeing if it sticks and uh you know i think this is building on next year honestly i think that has to be the plan for them at this point plan for next year i don't see teams just continuing to drop now again 16 and 13 20 and 21 and 11 there's a lot of hockey left a ton of hockey left now can he stay at this clip and like sam said did he empty the clip 11 and 3 can he continue on this? 11-3, 11-3, 11-3, 11-3, 3 If he does that, then they win. They are going to be there. But can he do that? Can they stay there? Can they stay healthy? Because Minnesota sports, that's the one thing that always happens. Somebody gets hurt. Everybody cries. and Julius having not explained to the world while Kirill Kaprizov is hurt or somebody else is hurt or Brock Faber now is hurt. Uh, but, yeah, shout out to Brock Faber, man. Like, I met him at the go- at the Vikings game. Honestly, had no idea who he was at first because he blows the gator horn and he like kind of walks by us and so I, you know like i said he had the glasses on and I'm, I'm literally looking at somebody i'm like who is that guy like who is this nerd who is this and they're like oh that's the dude that's brock favor i'm like oh the gopher i'm like oh, okay man sky you might row a boat you know go gophers so you know he seemed like a cool kid uh but you know it's funny now that the the state of minnesota has kind of embraced him too. I think they said Maple Grove kids so always good to see you know Minnesota kids be able to live their dream out. I'm pretty sure growing up he was all about the Mighty Ducks as well. And now he's living it out for the, the wild. But I just feel like the way hockey goes, like you, you put yourself in a hole this early. Um, let's let's look for another draft pick. Who can your draft pick be to help you out? Is there somebody in the draft you can tank for? I don't know if there is. Sam probably can give us a little bit on that. But people, it's Christmas. Well, three or four days this and, and, and by the way I don't know if you guys feel this way but after Christmas to New year's it's the weirdest week like I don't know if I should work I don't know if I should wake my kids up or if they should be able to sleep in I don't know if they're supposed to do anything like it's just super weird it's the weirdest time I don't know if I should start drinking at 10 a.m like I just really <laughs> don't know like <laughs> like like what is what is okay to do like it's just like what, what should I be doing right now? And, and it's very weird. So I think, I think I'm think i going to go play basketball today just to feel a sense of normalcy again, of like being out in the world. But when you drive, I don't know if you guys have been out on the roads in Minnesota. It's dead. Like there's no cars out in the morning. There's just the gym people. Uh, you know, it's quiet on my street until about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Like it's just super Weird. So I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I'm in a in a in a in some type of weird movie. But really quick before we get out of here, Sirius XM is a proud partner of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Please make sure you guys go to Sirius XM on the any app market. Just search SXM and you can download the app. You can get Locked On Sports Minnesota, all the shows, all the wild Vikings, Wolves, Wild uh and Gophers uh content right there on your XM uh app. And then also, you know, you can hook it up to your car as well. If you do not have Six XM, you just Bluetooth it to your phone and now you have it Sirius XM in your car. Uh, really quick before we get out of here, man. Let's 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 take t- ten to thirty seconds. What's your New Year's sports resolution for Minnesota sports? I'll kick it off with you, Luke.
1: Yeah, it's time for the state of Minnesota to finally write their new chapter when it comes to the quarterback position. I'm talking about the Vikings and the Gophers. Max Brosmer, the new recruit from Arkansas, Drake Lindsey, gives them a little fresh start that they desperately needed. But you look at the Vikings, it's time to cash in on what looks like maybe the best quarterback draft class since 2017, guys, and whether you're staying put 15-20 to range, letting somebody like Michael Penix fall in your lap, or moving up into the top 10, going to get Jaden Daniels from LSU. Let KOC work his magic. This is why you hired him. Fix the quarterback position. Find your long-term franchise guy. It's time for both these teams to put this chapter to bed once and for all, turn the page, and find their new long-term solution and face of the franchise. So we're not sitting here next to your guys and having the same conversation all over again.
0: Julia.
3: I'm going with the Lynx on this one. Mm. I can't wait to see what Diamond and Dorka do in their sophomore seasons with the Lynx. Also, Fee at the helm for her second year. I mean, we saw what Cheryl Reeve was able to do with a, a, uh, what did she call it? Uh, A rebuild year. Um, They made the playoff in her rebuild year. Uh, Never doubt Cheryl Reeve. I think she's getting her groove back. She's getting her team back. Uh, I think the Lynx are going to have their stuff together come this season. I'm excited to see what they do.
0: Sam?
2: Yeah, I'm going to echo some of uh, Chris Finch's comments last night that I already touched on um, regarding the selfishness of the Timberwolves offense. I love Anthony Edwards, but the next time, Anthony, that you want to do the step back heat check three, don't just don't do it you never make them it it lets the other team back in the game just stop if you have the urge to put a heat check if you absolutely have to do something drive to the rim you're not that good of a shooter to do step back contested heat check threes you're not kobe yet so stop it
0: for me i'm gonna say for gopher football fans my resolution is for all you guys to stop hating in 2024, let's leave the PJ Fleck hate back in 2023. Let's get through this season, see what happens with Max Brosner, Brosmer. Uh, let's see what these new uh recruits coming in. You got Koy Parrish. Um, you know, we'll see if he's gonna come in and start right away as, alongside Darius Green. Um, but let's just leave that, let's let, let let them cook, let them build, let's see what happens. We know the Big Ten is about to change USC and UCLA, but let's start the season off on a positive note. Let's go into 2024 with no hate i like this just like the hawk used to have uh days without hawking out uh i think that was uh i forgot which guy played him in that one when he did it but he had the days and it was zero days without hawking out or whatever 300 whatever or 400 whatever days and all of a sudden he looks up his eyes turn green and it goes back to zero like let's just go 365 days next year without hating on pj fleck people for 2024 that's my resolution i hope for all of you i'm ron johnson that's julian daniels That's Sam i that's luke Emman, please make sure you guys know, too, 24-7 sports on YouTube. You can get Minnesota sports 24-7 on our Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. You just need an email address. Go on and subscribe. You get all of our shows, all of our content, and, of course, the postcast after every single game. What better time to you know sit back and have a drink and just watch us talk about the Vikings after the game? Make sure you guys check that out. I'm Ron Johnson. Julie Daniels signing off from care 11. We got Luke, uh, Spinman or Inman for those that know him. And of course, Sam Ekstrom, the St. Thomas hockey voice. And we're thankful for all you guys. That's our thankfulness for Christmas. We're so thankful for all the listeners, the fans and the people who continue to subscribe. Thank you guys. And have a great weekend.
3: Hey, prime members. You can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music.